And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT the Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Welcome back, everybody. JT with you. Hour number two brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria. It's still October, National Pizza Month. No better way to celebrate than with the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza from Grimaldi's. And nationally, Grimaldi's put out a nice tweet thanking me for being one of their super fans. I'll take that. I love what they do there. Uh, The Raiders are carrying the press conference now with my buddy Vince Sapienza and Eric Allen. So we're going to go in a few moments. We're going to go out to Henderson to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and we're going to pick this up, and we're going to take Coach Passacci alive. Why wouldn't we? With a flagship. Now, they've taken this and turned it into kind of a TV show that the Raiders are packaging, so you'll hear a little music. It sounds a little bit different than a traditional press conference, and I like it because it's part of the Raider brand and what they're doing in-house in the building there, which is really unique. they got one of the best studios and the ability to do media in all the NFL. So we'll get to that in a few minutes. We're celebrating the victory. I think this is a day of celebration here for this win. It's a regular season, but it's a long season with 17 games. And we want to make sure that we're covering the victories and pausing and enjoying it before we get on to the next game. And there's a bye week coming up that we'll get to. I'm going to be checked out during the bye week. My dad just moments ago, my dad at 82 just had hip replacement surgery. So I'm on the phone with mom, my sister, as my dad's in recovery. So I'm going to go home and see him next week. My parents are actually moving out of the only house they've ever been in their entire life. So I'm going to be there and help them with that process. So I am gone for bye week. And hopefully the Raiders will be 5-2 and two during bye week. So we can come back here and be a glorious 5-2 and two team getting ready for the rest of the schedule. If you want to get through, 702-365-9200. Tell us what you thought about the game. What was your proudest moment as a Raider fan yesterday? What was the moment in that game? I threw that out in the monologue. A lot of people are saying Drake or Ruggs. Well, how about the defense? How about Merrick? How about Abram? How about the way they played up front, Mad Max Crosby? I like the depth of this team. I was a little bit concerned with no Hankins and Phylon up playing in this game. How would the D-tackles hold up? Solomon Thomas having a very good year. There hasn't been a problem with that interior. Yeah, they give up a big run. They'll give up a big pass play here and there. But overall, this defense has been stable under Gus Bradley. And the offense under Greg Olson yesterday I thought was under control, and they took a lot of deep shots. And I hope to see more of that. I hope to see more of that from the play callers here to take shots downfield, even if they don't complete them. Keep the other defense honest, and that's a great trend here. Do we all realize now, this is what Chris in West Oakland always calls in and talks about. Do we all realize that this team's much better passing than running? We all get that, but you want to run the ball, you have to. The way the Raiders can do something special this year is by throwing it aggressively with Derek Carr in his prime. And that'll lead to a turnover here or there, an interception, But you let Derek Carr, the best player on the team, the franchise player, let him have big games. Let him go out and win those games. And they did yesterday in Denver, and they won that game. We're in complete control as an underdog winning outright by 10. 702-365-9200 out to Long Island. 
I was just talking about my dad, Nick in Long Island. Go ahead, Nick. JT, what's up, man? Hope your dad's doing okay. You going to be Thanks. at the Giant game, or, you, or you're, you're coming back to Vegas after that bye week? I was planning on staying for the Giant game, but I, I got some family stuff. I'm going to go see my son in college at Oklahoma in a game there. So I probably won't stick around for that, but you get in there and have fun for me. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to look too far ahead, but the Giants, yeah. are at that, they're coming off a Monday night game at Arrowhead. So hopefully we can take over that stadium, but that's not why I called. Um, it's been a long 14 days. 14 days ago, we were getting ready for the Chargers at 3-0. and Here we are now, new coach. Uh, this team, being a fan of this team, is like being on a roller coaster that you're not allowed to get off. It, it, mm-hmm. And it's a life sentence. It's, it's Derek Carr breaks his leg a week before not the playoffs after not making the playoffs for 13 years. It's trading Cleo Mack a week before the season starts. It's the Antonio Brown fiasco. And now it's the NFL leaking emails after a 3-0 and start. And now this big win yesterday. But everyone's got to relax with the schedule. Even I just brought up whole two playing a giant team that stinks the week after. Stop yeah. looking ahead of the schedule. The last two years, six and four, and we're talking about the Jaguars and the Broncos and the Jets. And then last yeah. year, same thing, six and three. And it's like, hey, we got the Falcons. We got, and stop doing it. Do not do it. We lost last week at home to a team that had 100 yards passing. Do not overlook any opponent. We could lose to anyone until this team proves that they could beat the breaks off the bad teams like they did yesterday on a consistent basis. Everyone just relax. Take it one week at a time. We need to make the playoffs this year. There's no more excuses for all the Gruden's faults and people want to write stupid articles about the draft picks that he missed. There's a lot of good players on this roster, a lot of mm-hmm. good players on this roster. And I'm really hopeful for this season doesn't fall apart because the last two years was hard. Yeah, yeah, we hope so. Appreciate the call, Nick. Thank you. He's all the way in Long Island supporting the show in Vegas. How cool is that? We can only do that because of the Raiders mobile app and the fact that we are a national show. I tweeted that out, and I'd like everybody to retweet it if they can today. I showed everybody how to download the Raiders mobile app easy, and I circled the radio in the upper right corner. We got something really cool going on here. We got a national Raiders radio show every day based out of Vegas. Look at it that way because you can listen to the show on your phone and call in. We appreciate that. Let's go out to Henderson, where head coach Rich Passaccia is meeting the media. Uh, afternoon, everybody. I think I'll just uh, be happy and open up to any questions you may have. Coach Q, Q Myers, Radio Nation Radio 920. Um, what were your feelings on just the way the team rallied yesterday and really came out with a sense of purpose? Um, you know, I think we've talked about it all week. We, we feel like we, um, we've had a good, we had a good week of practice going in, and I uh, felt like our guys – Came out ready to play, and it looked a lot like Wednesday and, and Thursday's practice. So I'll just leave it at that. Rich, I know that you want to keep everything about the team, so if you could please oblige me for just a moment on a personal basis. Just talk about that moment maybe when you got home, saw your family, and realized 1-0 as a head coach. Yeah, actually, I, I didn't see my family when I got home. I came back to the the place I'm renting, and, and really for me, it's I'm, I'm a part of the team, and, and uh, it was obviously – a. a to go on the road to play a, an AFC rival like the Denver Broncos in, in their place, and to come out with a win was exciting for all of us and just helps us move forward to onto Philadelphia. Coach, uh, Max Crosby's not only talked about how much of an influence you've had on him uh, on the field but off the field. Can you just – how exciting is it to see him play well and be a part of his development as a player? Yeah, extremely exciting to see how he's playing. It's not a surprise to anyone because we've all got a chance to watch him practice and mature over the years that he's been here. Um, we loved him coming out of the draft, and he's, he's had a big influence on me as well. 
Um, a lot of things that he's gone through and conversations that we've had, they've helped me grow as a man. They've helped me grow as a, a father and a husband. And I know he's doing that with a lot of other guys, him and Darren Waller, the story they have, the people they're helping. Um, it's inspiring to all of us. So he's, he's uh, awful kind with his words, but he's done it to me um, as much as I may have done it to him. Rich Sam Borden here, Las Vegas Review Journal. Um, just to kind of piggyback on that, obviously Max is uh, part of what's been a much better defensive line this year. You guys are, I think, 75% to your sack total of all of last season. How much do you feel like that improved pass rush has keyed this four and two start, you know, big picture? Certainly. We, you know, obviously some key acquisitions in free agency, getting Yannick and, and um, certainly getting Q and, and Solomon. And, and they're, uh, they're a great group together, and we're just building off of what we had to some degree. But those guys have added not only a um, – a veteran dimension, but a, uh, a size and a quickness and of a, a um, urgency to practice and an urgency in meetings, and they do everything right in the weight room. So I think they've given us a little bit of an identity up front of what it's supposed to look like from walkthrough to meeting to practice now into the game, and uh, they feed off of each other. So I, I think it's been a, a good identity for us as we go forward on defense. Richard, you got to watch the tape. Was there anything that particular that you were surprised at in a very positive way, maybe something that was a big concern that the team addressed well? Just maybe what your biggest positive surprise was from that game? Um, not really. Just I, I think we, we look at what we did. I think if you look at the, you know, to come out with, with turnovers, four turnovers on defense, and then the, I think the field position that was created by the kickoff team, I thought they really played well. And then A.J. had an outstanding day. Certainly the altitude, you know, can play a factor in that. But to come out and have the first drive go down and score and the last drive before the half to go down and get the points, you know, the big play to Kenyon um, in the corner. And then obviously the, the first play on offense of the, of the second half to get points. So I think they came out with a, um, a good plan, a good purpose to them, and um, it gave us a good start in both halves and a good finish. Regarding the, the field position, was it intentional to have Daniel you know, not kick the ball in the end zone? Was, or was that a opponent-specific, or was that just part of your philosophy as a head coach that you want to try and pin him inside the 25? Possibly? Well, I thought we, we feel like we've been playing pretty well on kickoff the last few weeks. We haven't had a lot of attempts at it. We've kind of tried to do it where we thought it would be advantageous to us. And I think going up into there, we felt like, again, we were playing good. Daniel knows the stadium pretty well. You know, it had something to do with the wind. We thought we could put the ball a little bit outside the numbers maybe. And uh, the sun was a little bit of an issue early in the game. So that's uh, had a little bit to do with why we did it. But, again, it, field position ended up being good for us. Got multiple sacks and multiple turnovers, like you mentioned. Is that something you just preach about? And they come in bunches. You know, when you get one, you're going to get two. When you get two, you get four. Yeah, I think that's Coach Marinelli and Coach Bradley. It's constant about not only do the sacks come in bunches, but the turnovers come in bunches. You know, we went a few weeks without a turnover. All of a sudden, we come up in a plus four category. Multiple sack uh, game that Max went through. And then the big sack in the fourth quarter by Q was actually big help to us as well. And if you look at the games that they're running, you, you, you can't discard what Yannick's doing on the outside. He, he takes a lot of attention. So I think it's, it's their group. It's Coach Marinelli. It's Coach Bradley. Everything comes in bunches, right? So we, um, I think they're just kind of living off of that and feeding off of that. Coach Square really stepped up and played extremely well on your defensive line. Would you talk about his performance, please? I think I alluded to it after the game. Squares really had good practices. You know, we don't look at a lot of our practice squad guys as being whatever that may be. Everyone has a chance to compete and, and um, show what they can do in practice. Wednesday was a padded practice for us, and we felt like we got some quickness and some push out of square in practice, and we felt like we could, we could use that going into this particular game. So uh, it ended up being good for us. You kind of uh, joked around last uh, yesterday about kind of how the headset, you were kind of having problems with the headset. 
Uh, was there anything else just as far as going to your first game as a head coach, any adjustments or anything that was a little different that you wasn't expecting? No, I, I, to be honest with you, the best part for me was when, when we got on the grass, I just felt like we were getting ready to play a game. You know, I still kept the same responsibilities for the most part in the kicking game. And then I just had a chance to communicate with uh, Gus and Ole and um, their demeanor during the game was outstanding. It was easy for me to communicate with both. So the really the, the button in the beginning and where the cord was, that was drove me a little bit crazy until I got it figured out. But that was really that. How much does it help having multiple head coaches with that experience on the staff in, you know, Tom Cable and Marinelli and also Bradley? Yeah, um, and then, you know, Richard Smith has been a defense coordinator and Edgar Bennett has been an offensive coordinator. And so I think that the unique thing about all those men from my perspective is they have no personal agenda. They have no ego. They understand it's collective. And I think that's what makes um, the players at ease a little bit to understand that we're all really trying to do this thing together. Can you, uh, can you walk us through the challenge there late in the game? Just what did you see and what was it like to get your first challenge out of the way? Yeah, I was just, I just thought it was, I just challenge it and see what happens. So. You guys good? Anything more? Okay, thank you, everyone. Okay, thank you. thanks. All right, all right, back to me. There's Rich Passaccia. What do you think of that? You know, the calmness of what they had to deal with on game day, I think, is a really important takeaway for me. Uh, the ability for him just to be a guy walking up and down the sidelines, talking to Greg Olson, Gus Bradley, making decisions with the coaches up, Sedaire's on the headset, is something he's been a part of his whole life. 37 years as a coach, 20-plus in the NFL. This stage was not too big for him. You know, the these press conferences are brand new for him. Brand new. Now, there's been times in the past that special teams coach has a day, like the coordinators, to speak to the media. But to be the head coach and to be prepped by media and go out there and, you know, you just don't come from practice to your office and walk down into that meeting. I mean, you prep for it. You think you know the questions that are coming. It's just very calm and cool. He's very relaxed in this situation. I think that has to do with his leadership and his experience, the experience that he's had with Dallas, Tampa Bay the first time around, uh, San Diego at the time into L.A. Everything that he's done – has led him to this position where he should be calm with what's happening. Calm. And I, I like that about him. Raider 66 in Vegas before Boots. What's happening, 66? Go ahead. Hey, JT. Thanks for taking my call. And, and I would be remiss if I didn't say a great big thank you to you and everybody on Raider Nation Radio and uh, Lotus Broadcasting for last week giving Raider Nation the therapy sessions every day that we needed to get through this because it, it was an unprecedented situation. Nobody's gone through that before. Your question uh, earlier was, uh, you know, where does this rank in uh, Raiders' regular season victories? It's got to be top five. I mean, some of those victories over the Dolphins to get over the hump because they kept beating us in the playoffs, and the same thing with the Steelers back in the 70s and 80s. Those are naturally up there. But when you think of what could have happened, had the Raiders lost this game and the crumbling situation that could have happened, you're talking maybe in the offseason, it's a whole new situation, all new coaches, players getting shipped in and out. The consequences of not playing well in this game are so, so monumental that this game has got to be in the top five. The coaching mm-hmm. staff, the, the poise and the experience that they have, immeasurable. The, the mm-hmm. free agents that we brought in with all of their experience and I was saying all offseason that the, the, the free agents we brought in is going to prevent those collapses like happened the last two years. And this game, 
showed me that that is true. We're not going to have a collapse like that. The resilience that this team has shown in the first six games, all four of their victories took incredible resilience to get over. Mm. Two overtime victories. Uh, it is just amazing. And, and I just want to say thank you. These are the Raiders that I remember from the 70s and 80s, and these are the Raiders I will go to war with any day. Thanks yep, for my nice, call. Go thanks. Raiders. Yeah, appreciate it. And the therapy sessions were important to us, too, on the radio. This is what we do for a living. And, you know, it was a tough week last week, and we'll never see anything like it again. The NFL's never seen anything like it again. Uh, I don't expect it unless the NFL becomes transparent, right? And then they open up those 650,000 emails, and maybe someone other than myself will have to deal with this topic and the guys on this station. Maybe guys in other markets will have to do radio shows like we did last week, nationally and locally. Hopefully that doesn't happen again, but I'm on to Philadelphia. The great Charlie Boots, director of branding at NFL alumni, diehard Raider Nation, and I'm sure he's coming in for the Bolitnikoff crab feed. Boots, what's happening, my friend, coming off that win? How are you, buddy? JP, it is great. Like he said, thank you for getting us all through the storm we've been living, and now it's nothing but, uh, you know, sunshine, smiles, and good crab with the Bolitnikoffs, right? <laughs> I hope to be seeing you this weekend. Oh, 100%. My wife and I will be there. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law are coming in from St. Augustine. They'll be our guest. A lot of friends there. Lincoln Kennedy emceeing so I don't have to work, Boots. I can hang with you at the bar, and we can have some fun, and we can talk with Freddie. But uh, let's get to the game first and what blew you away with all the noise heading into that game, the way the Raiders came out, went to rugs early, and opened up the offense. You know, somebody said to me, JT, and this really stuck out, just in football and sports in general, we always talk about what went wrong for a team instead of saying what a team did right. So leading up to this, everybody's talking about all the controversy around the Raiders. But what nobody was looking at, except for you guys, was the spirit of this team. And kind of in the eye of the hurricane, these guys found focus. They gained a huge chip on their shoulder, and they went out there and they did damage. That was an mm-hmm. impressive game in every aspect of the game, man. I, I'm on cloud nine over it. Yeah, and you know the league, and you're involved with the NFL, and you know the Bolitnikovs forever, and we've been friends a long time. It, it wasn't a must win. A loss would have taken them to 3-3, three and three, Eagles bye week, maybe regroup. But it just takes everybody back now to what football's about. It's about playing the game. It's not about reports from pro football talk or this or that or breaking news. It happened. It was a really tough week last week. There's probably more to the story going forward, but I thought Passaccia did a nice job reminding everybody, let's get back to football. Let's step on the grass at mile high and go support the owner and the team and get a win. Absolutely. It was good to see Mark so animated, too. You saw, I mean, he had to have so much weight on his shoulders going into this, and to see the smiles coming off of him. Uh, you know, actually, pregame, too, talking to the team, but postgame after the win was cool. And I know, JT, Vegas, listen to this. This is inside information. I know how much, you know, JT, I know all the love you have for John Gruden, as I do as well. But I know, too, how cool it is to see a Yonkers guy, see an East Coast guy with Passaccia, Take the take the you know control of this team, and and do a great job. This was a well managed game. It was everything. The coaching staff really thrived in this game, and the players stepped up. and They they won a they won an AFC West game on the road, and the Chargers lost. 
which was big. That was big. Because now the Raiders Very are tied big. for first. That was huge. So when you're coming into Vegas, let's let's pump up the Bolitnikoff event. I, I just put it up on my Facebook page. Everybody should be buying the remaining tickets. Everybody should buy individual tickets or tables. Support the Bolitnikoff Foundation. Fred and Angela put on the crab feed every year. It's a magical event where Raider Nation comes together. And this is the first time we get to do it at Paris right here in Vegas. It's incredible. I'm so excited to see this go to Vegas. And it's one, it's one of the most unique events you're ever going to see because you'll be there to the Raider fans that will be attending. You'll be there. You'll get to rub shoulders with Raiders legends. You'll meet JT in person. You'll see Big Lincoln Kennedy, Fred Bolitnikoff. All the guys will be out, and it's for such a good cause. I know that with the Raiders changing markets, I know Raiders fans all know the story, and you know the tragedy that Fred dealt with with his daughter and losing her, and it's her memory that powers yes. this stuff and powers Tracy's Place of Hope uh, where the Bolitnikoffs give a really a new lease on life to these girls going through living nightmares um so it's a beautiful thing and we all will look forward to it every year and i can't believe it's going to vegas jt we'll be over in the eiffel tower (laughs) i will see you when you get out here it'll be a long week in preparation for the eagles and we'll celebrate friday night i'll see you when you get into town hey let's let's uh make some nice fried fried eagle this week how about that you got it charlie boots checking in longtime friend always around the raider nation Helps out in a big way at the Bolitnikoff event, especially the golf tournament that I MC. I turned a lot of it over to him now and his energy, and he's involved with the Bolitnikoff crab feed. And what's interesting about this Bolitnikoff event, because I want to make sure we got Mark Anderson coming up, but one second, Bobby. I want to make sure that everybody's aware of this. This is a special event here because over 20 Raider legends are going to be there. It's at Paris Hotel here in Vegas. It's Friday night to support the Bolitnikoff Foundation and their mission to help teens in crisis. That's all you need to know. All you can eat crab. And I mean all you can eat crab. The silent auction, the live auction, live entertainment. My buddy Danny Serafin will be performing. The founder of the band Chicago and his band is incredible. And then you know, over the years you see a coach come in players, whatever it is. It's a home game this weekend, and they, they line it up with a home game so Raider fans can do it. So go to Bolitnikoff.org, click on Live Events, Bolitnikoff.org, Live Events, and buy a ticket. I mean, what are you doing? Buy a ticket to this. Come eat. Hang out with everybody. Hang out, and we'll have a great time, and you'll be supporting a great cause. When we come back, Mark Anderson from the Las Vegas Review-Journal on what's happening around town. I said I would not talk UNLV football until they got a win. Now they got a win, and I could talk UNLV football. Congratulations to Marcus Arroyo and his team and those kids, those kids that have been busting their ass to win a game for UNLV. And do they deserve credit? We'll get into everything that's happening going forward here. Car deep drop gonna go deep down the field down the middle battle for it battle down inside the five and he got it he got it they were waiting to see and it was rugs going deep and he caught it hung on to it it's first down and goal brent musburger on the call rugs 
Ruggs is here and he's exploding. I want to apologize for saying UNLV won. That was not a bit. That was not a joke. I actually watched the game. I saw it in real time and they lost. I have this Raider victory so much on my mind. And I pride myself on never making mistakes on radio. Never. And when I do, I deserve to get heat. So that was just my bad. I know they lost. I watched it. I saw how they lost again with the jackpot machine on the side. And I said to myself, I just went into break saying they won because Mark Anderson's on hold. So, Mark, uh, you <laughs> caught a big gaffe from me because I said I would never talk UNLV football unless they won. So I was teasing you coming up like they won. So I'll own it. That was a good one. I'm sure other shows will have good bits with that. Why, let me break my rule. Why can't this team win, especially against teams they're supposed to beat? I just, you know, it's, it's a great question, and it's, a, it's an answer I've been searching for for 20 years. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, I just think that, you know, you get certain programs that when it comes to crunch time, they tend to find ways to lose, and you get other programs that tend to find ways to win. And I think it's, I think it, uh, it's a belief system, and I just don't think there's a belief there with UNLV they can get it done. And, um you know, and I, I think they deserve to win that game, frankly. Mm-hmm. I, they did everything they could to put themselves in a position to win it. But when it came down to making plays at the end, um, they, you know, they didn't know how to handle it. They, and it came down to situational football, which is what you usually see in the NFL. Uh, but you saw, it in, you saw it in their game, and they didn't play situational football very well, and it, and it killed them. Yep, they lose to Utah State 28-24, and they don't score in the fourth. Mark Anderson joins us. Mark, I want to get into the historic precedence of that Raider win, considering what's been happening, the leaked emails, Gruden's uh, resignation, all of that that led to the interim hiring of Ritz Passaccia. And then they get a division win on the road, and they looked really good. Were you surprised by the outcome, or at least by all three phases coming together on the road? Yeah, I was actually. I, I didn't like the Raiders going into that game. I didn't like mm-hmm. how they were coming off the Bears game. I, I just was concerned that it just seemed like they were really uh, not emotionally there. But I was completely wrong on that. Uh, you could tell from the opening drive they were focused, and it was easily their best game of the season. And in you know, and even the offensive line, which has struggled, played pretty well. Mm-hmm. And so it, it it's got to make you think that. Uh, there's a lot of hope for this team this year, and I do like that they opened up the uh, the play calling for Derek Carr, and 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 uh, I think at one point in the game, I don't know what it, I remember what ended up, but at one point in the game, I think it was two to one passing. Uh, I remember like in the third quarter, I looked and saw that, and and uh, I think that's what they need to do. I think they need to to use the pass to establish the run, and uh, I I think that's going to that help them win a lot of games going down the road. So I I I like the way they look all of a sudden, and. And it's clear they're using what happened last week as motivation, and it's not not something that looks like it's going to tear them apart. Mark Anderson's our guest. You tweeted the Raiders took a big lead by being aggressive. And I like that because, you know, as you know, Mark, you've been covering sports a long time. The more aggressive you get, that could lead to turnovers, tip balls, interceptions. But as you said, this is, this is the Raider team that we know. They have a very good quarterback, borderline elite. Some are saying now elite you got to go down with him. He's the guy that can lead this team to the playoffs, and I think that Greg Olson knows this, and I think the playbook will expand a little bit more, but that only happens if the offensive line can protect, and I love what, what's happening now with Ruggs because Ruggs running deep go routes should open up the middle of the field. If Derek sees that Ruggs 
and the double team with the safeties there over the top, but two guys are going with rugs. Someone's got to drag over the middle of the field for a big play. Yeah, and you're, you're starting to see what, you know, I think everyone kind of expected to see last year with rugs, and he, he really didn't deliver consistently. And a lot of it's probably just, you know, it's first-year guy in the NFL and trying to find his way, and it looks like now he's finding his way. He's, he's, he seems to be a much better route runner than he was a year ago. And that was that was the big hangup with him was could he really run routes effectively? Now he's doing that, and so that is opening up an awful lot. And I think you're going to see Darren Waller again go back to putting up big numbers because of that. You know he's, he mm-hmm. hasn't quite put up the numbers he has in the past season, past couple of seasons, um, because teams are obviously focusing in on him. But you know if if Ruggs is going to start beating teams over the over the uh, top. That's going. That should open things up for Waller, and I think Brian Edwards. You know, he seems to really show up in the fourth quarter of games. Mm-hmm. If he could start becoming more consistent and make plays earlier in the games, that would only open up things more as well. Uh, you tweeted also with what happened in the WNBA Finals. The Aces really. Uh, how would you describe it? They blew an opportunity to be champions, considering the seeds that were playing in the final and what how it played out. Okay, we, lo- we lost Mark. Mark, you there? I think we lost him, Bobby. will get him on a cleaner line. Wanted to touch on that because he also covers the WNBA. Mark Davis owns the Aces. I wanted to make sure we signed off on that here and found out what happened on the WNBA side. And that was pretty exciting yesterday for Chicago and all their fans there. 702-365-9200. So, Mark, I just wanted to wrap up the WNBA and the opportunity that the Aces had to win a championship considering the seeds that played in the WNBA final. Yeah, I just felt like, especially when I saw the Sky won it all, I just felt mm-hmm. like it was a completely blown opportunity for them. Uh, I, You know, they, they, they should have beaten Phoenix. Uh, you know, I, I didn't like that early. I think it was after the first game, uh, Bill Wayne Beer decided to talk a little bit of trash to Diana Taurasi, and she came right back at him. And to me, there's very little coincidence that she was pretty well focused for the rest of the series and willed her team mm-hmm. to victory her and Brittany Griner. I thought I just thought you just don't do that. And I'm not you know, I don't want to say that that costs in the series, but that's just something you don't do. And you would think someone sees like Bill Ainbeer wouldn't have done that. And and I do that that's they should have beaten Phoenix. I think they would have beaten Chicago. They really should be WNBA champions today. They're gonna to look back in this and, and say that was a really missed opportunity. Yeah, I agree. A missed opportunity, no doubt. Hey, finally, Mark, we know there's going to be a lot of Eagles fans in town. I've lived here a long time, as you did, so we expect this. It's Vegas. It's year one with fans. Fans are going to sell tickets. Other fans are going to pay at all costs to get hotel rooms and buy tickets. But, you know, we don't want to see what it looked like when Chicago was in town. And we know there are Philly fans that are going to be here on Sunday. It's imperative that the Raiders start fast in this game and get up big to keep those fans out of it so we don't hear them in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, I just think I think it's kind of the nature, as you mentioned, being in Las Vegas. And if the Raiders can build on what they did in Denver and can really get things together, I think you're going to see uh, down the stretch of the season more games where it really is a true home field advantage for the Raiders because then you'll get the Raiders fans. It's like, well, I don't want to sell my season ticket. I, I want to go to the game. Um, you know, so I, and, and so I think I think you'll see that. Um, you know, there's been the uncertainty with the Raiders probably hurts in that regard. And, you know, if someone from Philadelphia is willing to pay top price, it's kind of hard to say no to that, right? So, but I, but I do think, I do think if the Raiders look like they've got a real shot at winning this division, I think you'll see, uh, you'll see a true home field advantage late in the season. 
Absolutely. Have a good week, Mark. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Thank you. Sounds good, JT. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Mark Anderson from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, back to UNLV and the loss there. I, I think it's a bad look for them to have a slot machine on the sideline, a giant slot machine when they haven't won a game this long. I would remove that. You know, I'm all for turnover chains and all that, but a giant slot machine when you can't win a game is a bad look. It's a bad look. Just get it off. It's a mistake. Just like the former logo, which they got rid of, was a mistake. Just admit your mistake and move on and get the slot machine off the field. Almost as embarrassing as me saying UNLV won <laughs> going, in, going into last segment. I'm sure Bobby's going to have fun with that. Uh, Russell and Henderson. You're up next, Russell. What do you got for me? Hey, hey yeah, uh, I like Carr. He can't mm. get us the Super Bowl, but I love the fact they're not letting him throw from the pocket. You know, what do you mean he can't win a Super Bowl? Why, why would you start off your call saying Carr can't get a Super Bowl? Why would you do that? He can get a Super Bowl. Okay, I thought you said he can't. Okay, go ahead. Oh, no, no. He can. Okay. you got to keep him out of the pocket like we're doing. And, uh, you know, Mahomes, he's going to start turning that ball over. Even Herb Herbert, they got bad mechanics. Look at the kid that went to New England. He's going to win it all every year. He's going to win this year. Okay. Mechanics, baby. Hey, uh, Belichick saw it with uh, Bledsoe and Brady. You need catchers. Not shortstops and pitchers. You need catchers for uh, quarterbacks. We're going to get it. Okay. This is a, thanks for the call. This is a very confusing phone call. Again, I'm very confused right now. Bobby, catchers and all this and catchers, I, I don't get what that is. So I don't know what he's trying to I don't catch. Know. I'm just I answering don't the phone. Doing. Yeah, you do more than just answer the phone. Hey, you got your Red Sox tonight. How are you feeling about that? I feel pretty good about it. I'll tell you what. If, like I said before, if we could just win the three home games, we're in the money. Yeah, I would agree. You're looking pretty good right now. Oh, and we'll get to that on the other side. The Dodgers lost and how the Dodgers lost and some of the other uh, sound that we've seen. NFL breaking news. The NFL has reinstated Cowboys offensive lineman Lel Collins from his five-game suspension. That is according to Adam Schefter. I bring that up because the Raiders will face the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, which is going to be a tremendously tough task. But that's why you put wins in the bank now. I don't care who you win. Like a Floyd Mayweather fight. Put wins in the bank. Stockpile some wins. Line drive. That is through. It gets through. Here comes Dansby. Lightning strikes twice. And the Braves walk it off. This is unbelievable. And the Braves win it, and they go up 2-0 in the series. How about that? Big win. Big win. They're up 2-0. Got to give them credit. Uh, Dave Roberts getting a little bit of heat for his selection of pitching, going to the bullpen as much as he did. Here he is after the game. We talked about it before the series, and uh, he was available last night. If it came to the situation, it didn't. Uh, he hadn't thrown a bullpen, and he was the best option at that point in time. Well, that's what he says, but he is clearly making mistakes. And he, he, look, I, I, you want to go to Urias. You want to go to him in that situation. I get it because you got to get the best guy at the right time. You got to get the best guy in at the right time, but they got to use him as a starter 
in game four here, and now they put that out there, and that could really cost them. That could end up costing them. This is a team. Remember, the Dodgers won that World Series first since 88. And they went, what was it, 60 games, right? They got that little mini World Series. It counts as a World Series, but no doubt in my mind has an asterisk. No doubt for the limited amount of games they played. I repeat, an asterisk for the limited amount of games they played. They won. And they were down 3-1 to Atlanta. Now they're down 0-2 to Atlanta. And they're going to have to turn it around and find a way to win. Welcome back as we continue. Big day today, a victory on a Monday. And when that happens, we talk about it here. Everybody should be fired up about where the Raiders are, where the Raiders need to go. Head on out to Five Iron Golf, the premier indoor golf facility in Area 15. Eight golf simulators where you can enjoy drinks, food, and fun and get your golf game better. Have you been to Area 15? Go check it out. One of the coolest new properties here in Vegas, but especially go to the second deck. Second deck up there and go to Five Iron Golf. I think you're going to love it a lot. couple of other stories before we get out of here. If you want to get in a late Raiders call, you can. 702-365-9200. Aaron Rodgers got going in the rivalry game on the ground. He was yelling at Bears fans. He was getting in their face. This is going to make for great content this week as Rodgers and the Packers are rolling. Three receivers left. Quick count. Rodgers takes. Pump fakes once and again. Scrambles to his right. Buying time. Takes it himself. He's to the five to the end zone for the touchdown. Aaron Rodgers just inside the pylon. And the Packers lead it 23-14. to yeah, that was a big deal on Packers Radio. They're winning. I remember, I remember they dropped their first game of the year against Jameis Winston in New Orleans in Jacksonville. Sky was falling at that time. Would they be back? They are back. I got my upset uh, special pick wrong, just like I got UNLV winning wrong. Uh, how about the fact that Cincinnati trashed Detroit? Joe Burrow in Cincinnati had no problem on the road humiliating the Lions. Here's how it sounded. Burrow under center, fakes to Mixon, looking back to the left, throws into the end zone, caught for the touchdown, C.J. Uzama started on the right side of the line, snuck out to the left, and hauled in Joe Burrow's third touchdown pass of the game. Now I want you to hear there, and that's Cincinnati Radio, Dan Campbell, the head coach of Detroit, after the game, a week before he's crying before they lost, he not only called out the quarterback, Jared Goff, and said he's got to make better throws, but he talked about the team in general and how they got embarrassed. They did. They played well over there, but we didn't execute. We didn't do it. We talked about tempo. We come out. We go penalty, penalty. We go MA on offense. I mean, what the heck? So, you know, that was a beatdown. A beatdown. It's very rare when an NFL coach says that to anybody. They, that is a team now that can't buy a win. They can't buy a win, and the coach is starting to, to in my opinion, be too dramatic. Everything. We talked about Rich Passaccia. And how quiet he was and how he just went about his job. It's the exact opposite with Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, every loss is this dramatic speech about what's happening there. They have got to lower the volume in that organization. Let's go to Dak Prescott. And what I didn't realize, they haven't won there since the 80s. And Belichick, what's going on in New England? Jerry Jones, every time he flew into Foxborough, would lose. They didn't know what it felt like to win there. Dak to see, I'll tell you, this touchdown pass to C.D. Lamb was huge as he got open and he asked for the ball and Dak got it to him. Play fake, boot to the right, looking down the field, Lamb, 10-5, victory! Cowboys win! 
ghosts are exorcised. Yeah, the ghosts, because they couldn't win there, or exercise. Huge win. There was a fourth and four play with the game on the line. Fourth and four. And they defended it. New England defended it well, and Dak made an unbelievable play to pick up a first down, which ended up helping him with the victory. Kansas City, Mahomes and Kansas City is waking up. They get back to 500. They're now 3-3. Three and three. Here's the touchdown of Robinson. Takes the snap from Humphrey. Fake pattern. He runs wide open. Caught a touchdown. Kansas City. Demarcus Robinson left the corner in the dust. That's Chiefs Radio. The reason I bring that up is Kansas City's now tied with Denver at 3-3. Three and three. Only one game behind the Raiders and the Chargers. Okay, so the Chargers in the division are 2-0. and The Raiders are 1-1. One one. Denver in the division and Kansas City are 0-1. And most importantly, Kansas City is 1-3 in conference play. 1-3, the Raiders are 4-1. Let that sink in. 4-1 for the Raiders in the AFC, 1-3 for Kansas City. Now, for everybody who says, man, you want to win your division games, they mean 1.5. No. All that matters is who has the most wins at the end of the year. And the way that I'm navigating through this the entire year is that the only chance that the Raiders have for a playoff berth I don't think it's going to be the division and winning division games. It's important. They're going to have to win the non-division games against inferior opponents. They've already lost one to Chicago. They won a division game against Denver. But if you look at the Philly game, the Giant game, which is at a conference in the NFC, then you add in the Cincinnati game in conference. They've got to win those games because that instantly gets them to seven wins. And then we're just talking about three more. Then you can talk about a split with Kansas City. You can talk about beating Teddy Bridgewater again, whatever it's going to take. What a game. It was kind of ugly between Pittsburgh and Seattle, back and forth. Seattle tied it late. Boswell comes on at the end here for a game-winning field goal on the road as Pittsburgh wins. Koontz is ready. Snap is down. On its way. Kick is good. And this game is over. The Pittsburgh Steelers, well, it wasn't Demona Lisa. But it certainly is their second win in a row, and they head to the bye at 3-3. Three and three. Yeah, why is that important on Steelers Radio? Because you think of the wild card now. you got to think of the wild card. In the wild card, Cleveland is now 3-3, three and three, Pittsburgh's 3-3, three and three, Cincinnati's 4-2. and two. I think the Ravens are going to win the North. Uh, they're the best team, and the Raiders beat the Ravens to open up the season. So these other teams I don't think are going to catch the Ravens, and they're going to be competing for the wild card. I don't think there's a wild card that's going to come out of the AFC East. Buffalo's 4-1. and one. They play tonight. If they go to 5-1, and one, they'll have a three-game lead over New England. It's over. New England's 2-4. and four. The Jets, New England, and the Dolphins are not making the wild card. Other potential wild card teams who are alive, not Jacksonville and the Texans, both 1-5. So the Colts, I think Tennessee, I got that right, will win the division. But the Colts just won a game to get to 2-4 and four. when you look at their record. The Colts are the type of team that can hang around. They're only playing for the wild card. And then the West, as I said, there's another wild card team 100% coming out of the West. The Chargers and the Raiders, whoever win the division are Kansas City, and one other team's going to come in that way. So I'm looking at that now because there are a lot of teams that have failed and are out of it. And if Pittsburgh would have lost last night, they would have went to 2-4. and four. We could start saying goodbye to them. And Denver seems to be sliding and I don't know if Denver has the ability to come back. Vic Fangio is getting a lot of heat today. 
tremendous amount of heat today. I thought his clock management and burning the timeouts were terrible, absolutely terrible, and I, I don't think he's going to be there next year. I really don't think you're going to see Vic Fangio uh, next year be there, and that's too bad. I mean, I think he's a good coach. You know, all these guys are good coaches. They're all football coaches. They all have the ability to be really successful. A lot of it has to do with the talent and the players there, but Vic Fangio really struggles as a defensive head coach with the offense, and he's stuck with Teddy Bridgewater. And if Teddy doesn't play well, you lose your job as a head coach. Memorable day today. Really appreciate the show. Thanks to everybody who checked in. Thanks to Mark Anderson. We got big shows the rest of the week. We'll line up our insiders like we always do. We'll get a Raiders player. I'll have an co- uh, interview with Rich Passaccia at the end of the week as we do that every Thursday for the Silver and Black Show. John Ritchie, former Eagle and former Raider, is going to join us on Wednesday. And the party's over, everybody. We celebrated all day today. I'm sure the other shows are too, and we should. But now it's on to the Eagles and a wounded animal with a couple of extra days off since they lost on Thursday night. And the Raiders and the Raider Nation have to be ready for this one. Okay, it's a great party in Vegas. Everyone has a good time. Pre-game will be live at the Torch, Black Hole Tailgate, right there in J-Lot, and a very serious opportunity for the Raiders. This team has been through a lot. We all know what they've been through. They've got to go into the bye week 5-2. and 5-2 and two means every goal is alive. And they got a lot, a lot happening with them with five wins in the bank. So it feels like a must win. I, it's very difficult to say the Raiders are a playoff team if they can't beat the Bears and the Eagles at home. they got to look at this organization and say, protect home field. And again, it starts fresh against the Eagles. And the Eagle fans will be coming. They'll be loud. They'll be wearing their green. They'll be buying drinks. They'll be paying for hotel rooms and filling up the restaurants and tipping well. That's it. Thanks again to Bobby for putting the show together. Big shows the rest of the week. Thanks to all of our partners here who keep us moving. Without our great partners, we don't have a radio show, so support all of them. When you hear me talking about them, it's because they're a part of the show. They're a part of our family here. Have a great day, everybody. I'm on every night during the week, Sunday to Thursday, on Mad Dog Sports Radio, 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific, Sirius XM, Channel 82. We'll see you back here tomorrow.